Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. Welcome to Wednesday night. We're so glad to have you with us. Chris Household is our executive producer. Thea Harper, our producer running this thing out of Brooklyn. I come to you from Manhattan. We're so glad to have you with us tonight. Comedian Carol Montgomery, the star of Showtime's Funny Women of a Certain Age series. And our friend Natalia Reagan in hour number three, comedian and scientist extraordinaire with more shit we're not allowed to say anymore because she ruins the fun for all of us. And uh, all night long, taking your calls. There's a lot to get to, man. A lot has gone down today. This just in, the White House is going to shut down its COVID response team. After the public health emergency part of it ends this coming May, people are already leaving. Uh, Ashish Jha, the national coordinator, is probably going to leave the administration once his team is disbanded. A new UN report says humanity has broken the water cycle on Earth through overuse and climate change. And it'll leave 40 percent and 50 percent of the population of the world that does not have access to sanitation. And roughly 20 to 25 percent of the world will not have access to safe water supply if efforts aren't tripled in the next decade. So obviously, we need to talk about Donald Trump. <laughs> and we will. But there's not much to say um, about Trump. Uh, well, there's a lot, but uh, no indictments today. So you, you can move on. Tonight is going to be a really fun show. And I've got a, I've got a friend visiting us uh, from, from uh, Pennsylvania. Jenya is my wife's friend who I've known for many, many years. And she, she comes in today and she asks me, you know, what's, what's going on in the news? And I'm like, well, don't, don't you know about the pythons? And she doesn't know. I'm amazed how many people don't know about the pythons. I just heard about the pythons a couple weeks ago. I didn't really know. I love Florida. I worry about Florida. Chris Hauselt, my executive producer, have you heard about the pythons invasive in Hungary that are making their way north in Florida? The only massive pythons in Florida I know of belong to Hulk Hogan. There you go. New York Times. Pythons invasive and hungry making their way north. We know very little about these things. You know what we know about pythons? They're big. Whoa, daddy. I, I had all this stuff to say tonight about Ron DeSantis, but I, I, I'm sorry. Pythons, 15 feet long, weighing up to 200 pounds. Ron DeSantis, you're going to get a chance to show us what kind of governor you really are. I, I, the giant snakes, according to the New York Times, have been making their way north. They've now reached West Palm Beach and Fort Myers and threatening ever larger stretches of the ecosystem. That was one of the few definitive conclusions in a comprehensive review of Python science. That's a thing published last month by the U.S. Geological Survey. They don't really know how long Burmese pythons live in the wild in Florida. They're not native 
to that area. We don't know how long they, how often they reproduce. We don't know how many there are. It's really hard. Uh, the review called the state's python problem one of the most intractable invasive species management issues across the globe. They don't know how the pythons are traveling north. They're trying to figure it out. They think there's all the canals and levees. I mean, it's swimming. One python transited continuously for 58 and a half hours and traveled two and a half kilometers in a single day. Earlier studies found that these Burmese pythons, they, they're originally from South Asia, had decimated native species, including wading birds, marsh rabbits, and the white-tailed deer. Again, they have found pythons in Florida that are now measuring more than 15 feet long and weighing more than 200 pounds. Even the hatchlings can be more than two feet long. Uh, it's awkward because Florida has been spending billions of dollars trying to spruce up the Everglades, and now they are facing the pythons, which they're calling one of the greatest threats to restoration success. In case you're wondering, yes, pythons like iguanas, invasive iguanas, have been known to come out of some toilet bowls in South Florida. I think the other Republicans are trying way too hard. This is all you need. What is Ron DeSantis doing about 15-foot pythons coming out you know of what? your child's toilet? You know what? He's he's done absolutely nothing. Done nothing, has he, Mr. They, President? 15-foot snakes and old Python Ron can't get them under control. <laughs> Python Ron. <laughs> Why are we helping this man? Uh, they're mostly around Everglades National Park. Many have been found in Naples. The outskirts of Miami, they have like wild python hunts to the public and, and they, they pay people to come and slaughter these things. You know how they got there? Because in the 70s, a lot of guys said, hey, pythons would be cool to have as pets. And some grew so large that their owners decided, I'm just going to release this baby into the wild. So by the year 2000, scientists had documented multiple generations of pythons living across a very large area in the Everglades in Florida's southern tip. 15-foot pythons. I don't even know what to say. So I, I, I told Jenny all of this, and she goes, well, what, what, okay, what, what else is going on in the news? And I'm like, what else is going on? I just gave you 15-foot-long pythons, lady. They're, what else? This is all I'm talking about tonight, guys. This is the only story. 15 snakes in a swamp. I, I don't want to uh, Ron DeSantis, we know you can be cruel to migrants. We know you can beat up trans children who want to play sports. What are you going to do about the 15-foot-long pythons? How high are your waiter boots, Ron? Ron DeSantis probably won't be talking too much about 15-foot-long pythons. Um, I'm hoping Donald Trump learns about this story. It's in the failing New York Times, so maybe he'll read about it. Ron DeSantis is busy with other matters. Very busy. So let's keep on talking more about reptiles in the Sunshine State. Uh, Ron is looking to expand his heterosexual fragility law to all grade levels. Now, you, the heterosexual fragility law is just what we call it. It's actually called Don't Say Gay by Better People Than Me. And and again, it's that's a misnomer. Under the Don't Say Gay law, you're allowed to say gay. It just means that if you say gay in a school, uh, anybody who wants can sue you. That's pretty much it. If a teacher says gay and some kid doesn't like it, that kid's parents can sue said teacher. It, it technically bans any talk about gender identity or about um, sexual identity, sexual orientation, which technically means talking about straight people 
And using words like Mr. and Mrs. could be a violation. Please start suing people. Now, it's always been eligible to expand all grades. It's, the language in the law is, is very vague, and you could easily apply it. But now, noted reptile Ron DeSantis, who's really scared that Donald Trump is getting too much attention for being evil, is trying to make some noise himself this week. And he's trying to expand the Don't Say Gay bill to all grade levels a year after the law was passed. It originally banned discussion of gender identity and sexual orientation up to the fourth grade. The State Board of Education is going to take a vote next month on whether to expand the rule to high school seniors. So there's no discussion in high schools of sexual orientation. I guess that means straight too. No discussion in high schools of sexual identity. I guess that means cisgender people. They're on the shit list as well. My God, they're stupid. My God, my friends. They, they, they can't look at the results from 2018, 2020, and 2022 and see that this mean shit of beating up on marginalized groups only impresses the MAGAs who are already voting for you. It doesn't test that well with the rest of America. Now, this board is going to be made up of uh, Rick Scott, noted Medicare fraud mastermind. And DeSantis isn't going to need the legislature to pass a bill to expand this. The bill passed last year, the parental rights and education law, of course, just pushed a lot of bullshit theories uh, about that sexual orientation uh, or a fourth grade teacher talking to the class about a student's two mothers is the same as grooming. Remember now, they said if you talk about sexual orientation, you are grooming someone. You can't ever groom a child to be gay. Let's just say that. And you can't ever groom a child to be transgender. You can only groom a child to be a bigot. And Ron DeSantis is going to find out young people are on a different page than he is. It's it's just incredible. They're just... Ron DeSantis' whole idea for gay kids is you're never too old to be ashamed of who you are. This is happening all over. It's a good week for homophobia. Did you hear about the students at West Texas A&M? They were protesting because the school's president canceled the student-run drag show and then compared drag to blackface. It was going to raise money for the Trevor Project, right? That's, that, that saves young gay kids from killing themselves or being homeless on the streets. It was going to raise money for the Trevor Project. And the university president, Walter Wendler, said drag shows stereotype women in cartoon-like extremes for the amusement of others and discriminate against womanhood. My God, they're so stupid. Oh my God, they're so stupid. It's the war on drags. It's finally come home. They discriminate against womanhood. Gentlemen, how many guys have watched a drag show and said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm done with females. President Wendler said in a university-wide email, drag shows are derisive, divisive, and demoralizing misogyny, no matter the stated intent. He literally compared drag shows to minstrel shows, to working in blackface. My God trivializing racism while being you found a way to be racist and homophobic at the same time i'm i'm impressed folks once again uh drag queens in the entire country who were arrested for inappropriate sexual contact with kids last year zero baptist pastors in texas alone who were arrested for inappropriate sexual behavior with kids last year 10 that's right do you know this at least 10 pastors or former pastors or youth ministers in texas were arrested charged or convicted for various allegations of sexual abuse of children more texas pastors were arrested for allegations of sexual abuse against children in texas than drag queens and transgender people were in the entire country i'm sorry i think it's brilliant let these bigots keep on bigoting 
Let them keep disgusting young people. Let them keep driving women away from their party. And as this country becomes more brown, and as this country becomes more diverse, and as gay, lesbian, and transgender people become more comfortable living their truest lives in a society that boasts about freedom, let the Republican Party continue to marginalize themselves. Oh, but one final thing. There was a uh, legislator in Florida who wrote the Don't Say Gay Bill. His name was Joe Harding. He's not in, in government anymore. You know why? It's kind of funny. The guy who wrote Don't Say Gay right now is facing 35 years in jail because he pled guilty yesterday to federal felony fraud charges in a scheme to get 150 grand in COVID-19 relief funds. Joe Harding. He was charged in December in a federal indictment of six counts of wire fraud, money laundering, and making false statements. He resigned from the Florida legislature the next day. The guy who wrote Don't Say Gay was stealing COVID funds. I'm going to overdose on the metaphor. Uh, Nadine Smith, executive director of Equality Florida, said so much harm to students, parents, and teachers because of his raw political ambitions. He slandered entire communities and trafficked in lie after lie that is emboldened violent bigotry. He will have his day in court, but his legacy is already a despicable one. And can I just say, it got a little better before bedtime. Ron DeSantis gave an interview to Piers Morgan. I know, right? What a summit. You're like, I missed that? Holy shit. Let me pull over and watch YouTube. Yeah, I know. Donald Trump hit back. And I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, 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 I want to say, Trump, stop. He's already dead. I, 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 I can't believe. Chris, are you, are you willing to read any of this or should I read some of this? Because he, he destroys him. He lays waste to his um, fields. It's over. Like, like if Trump drops out, it's DeSantis's. But otherwise, I, I don't think DeSantis can beat Trump anymore after this. I mean, I guess I could give it a shot. How about you can you could just read you could just read you could start from the like a third down from Ron was a big lockdown governor on the China virus. That's that's where the stats really come in. It's amazing what ocean and sunshine will do after that. If, if Mr. Trump wants to read his own text from Ron was a big lockdown governor on the China virus. Surprise. Ron was a big lockdown governor on the China virus, mm. sealing all the beaches and everything else for an extended period of time was third worst, third worst. In the nation for COVID-19 deaths, third worst for total number of cases. Other Republican governors did much better than Ron, and I allowed him his freedom. Never closed their states. Remember, I left that decision up to the governors and Florida COVID death rates per state. John, I can't because he clearly didn't write this. <laughs> he didn't, he write, didn't, write, he didn't this. write it. No, it doesn't. He, it doesn't sound natural in his voice. But just but this is this is Donald Trump. Imagine you're a Republican in Florida who voted for this jack off twice. I, in education, Florida ranks among the worst in the country. And on crime statistics, Florida ranked third worst in murder, third worst in rape, third worst in aggravated assault. He goes through Jacksonville crime rates, Tampa and Orlando are not doing much. For education, Florida ranks 39th in health and safety in the country, 50 in affordability, 30 in education and child care. Hardly greatest there. He just did all the opposition research for Democrats they need for the next year. He buried him. Whew. It looks like it's snake killing season in Florida. We want to know what you guys think. Marsha is calling from beautiful San Diego. Hi, Marsha. Welcome. You're on SiriusXM. Hey, John. I heard you talking about pythons. Oh, my God. I learned about the pythons, and I'm horrified by this. I didn't know that it was so out of control. Well, I wanted to share something that I read in the New York Times a long time ago. There was a bug-eating contest 
in what? Florida. What? And, yeah, bug What's eating, wrong with Marsha? What is wrong with these people? <laughs> My parents moved to that state. <laughs> and so they had to eat live mealyworms and cockroaches. <laughs> and the winner would get a 15-foot python. That was the prize for winning the oh. contest. So, so this one fellow won, but he died before he could collect his prize. One of the wings of the cockroaches covered his windpipe. The wings of the cockroaches covered his windpipe, and he was killed by a cockroach yeah. wing? Disgusting. Yeah. He was, yeah it was, wow. It was a cockroach wing. He and, was yeah. killed by a dead cockroach he had eaten. That, wow. That, well. There's a metaphor in there somewhere. Yeah, I, you know, God, God bless him. I hope it was worth it. Uh, wow. <laughs> but, but I mean, this is, but apparently, there, you know, the reason there are so many pythons is because 40 years ago, dudes with their waterbeds and vans were buying them as an exotic pet in the 70s. I then decided to just uh, yeah. let them go free. <laughs> what, what could happen? What could possibly go wrong? 40 years later, pythons in a swamp starring Ron DeSantis. I love it. Yeah. Thank well, you, Marcia. Wow. I learned a lot. Yeah. Of course. Call, call any time. Thank you. And I hope San Diego is safe from the pythons. Uh, Keith, in San Jose, you have thoughts on pythons? Uh, yeah. Hey, I got a question for you, though. Yes, sir. Uh, I love your, uh, your knowledge of music. Uh, oh, Bernie Warrell and Eddie Hazel. You know those two guys? Yeah. All right, then. You know they, what famous band they played with? I mean, they played with Parliament, right? There you go, brother. There you go. Hey, they don't give this job to chimps, sir. They don't give this job to dummies, I'll have you know. (laughs) I love you, brother. (laughs) They're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I got scared for a second. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, they uh, they have a TV show on the History Channel come on Thursday nights, and it's called uh, Serpent Invasion. And uh, they've been doing these pythons for two years now, and there's a Burmese python and another type of python that breed it. And they've created this massive called rock python that's twice as big. Oh as my god! Burmese. Yeah, and so <laughs> these guys—it's like six of them. It's uh, what two women and four guys, and they go through and catch these pythons. And if you watch this show, it's like on the edge of your seat. I'm with you, but I, I have to believe that I have to believe that a, a keyboard player as innovative as Bernie Worrell would never let a python loose in, in the wild. I mean, I'm sure he's responsible with his pythons. That's my pope. <laughs> yeah, for real. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah, god, this country. Yep, it is. But you know, you got to stop the drag shows. You know, <laughs> got to stop the drag shows so, right. so, the, so the drag queens aren't eaten by the giant fifteen foot pythons that are migrating north. It's a beautiful state, Keith. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to hear from you. All right, brother. Bernie Worrell played with the Talking Heads, didn't he? Let me go to Chris in Pennsylvania. Chris, thank you for your patience. Welcome. Hey, hey, John. What's up? How are you, sir? Hi. Nice to hear you. How, how are you doing? I haven't heard from you in a while. I- I know. Ron DeSantis is toast. I, yes. I don't like him because he's against gay people and Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee for president. I hate mm-hmm. to tell you, John. Do you know that, John? For sure. I do. You, th- you think it's going to be Trump as the nominee? Trump and Biden's going to run in twice. When do you think Biden will make the announcement? I think Biden doesn't. He's he's pretty much essentially made it. I mean, he, I think he'll officially make it maybe, I don't know, in the fall uh, or the summer, but. I, I think you may be right at this point, unless Trump is knocked out of the race by something. 
I think it's going to be oh. a repeat of the two old white guys. Oh, guess who I'm going? Guess who I'm going to see? Jeff Ross. I'm going to see Jeff Ross on Friday. You know nice. Jeff Ross. I, I've known Jeff a very long time. How is he as a person? He's horrible. He's a monster. He's a craven monster. No, he's a nice guy, right? No, he's 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 an evil man, twisted and dark and and bitter okay. and and uh, and and just lethal. Just, just stay away. Just don't, if he if he invites you in a van, don't go in. That's all I'll say about that. Okay. Okay. Give him my love. Was he ever on your show? Uh, Jeff Ross has never done this show. We've done a lot of shows together. I've known him a very long time. I've known Jeff a very, what? very long time. But he's, he's never been on this show. But he's a lovely guy. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. But, hey, before you go, do you have any show, show recommendations? Did you ever watch Supernatural? TV show recommendations, you mean? Yeah. Did you ever watch You know what? I gotta, can I tell you, Chris? I, I, live, I live with this woman. And she never was into Star Trek. She never watched Star Trek The Next Generation, but she is now hooked on Picard. And so I'm, I'm making my way through the, the Picard show on the Paramount Channel, and it's, it's very nice. But I, I like both of those new Harrison Ford TV shows, and uh, uh, I, I really, really like I May Destroy You on, on HBO. And, um, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry for your loss. And your friend, you know, the conspiracy theories are saying he died from the vaccine. That's not true. Who? Which? Which of my friends? You talking about Lance Reddick? Yeah, they're saying he died from the vaccine. It's not true. Uh, no, but they always say that, and the people who say that don't care about him. They said the same thing about Midwin. They say it whenever someone dies, people who have their own agenda will will piggyback and say the vaccine killed them, and it's <laughs> it's really vulgar. They don't care about Lance Reddick. They don't care who they say it to. You know, they, they David Crosby was eighty one years old, and he had been on heroin and addicted to alcohol and cocaine, and he had a, a liver transplant, and, and they're saying he died because of the COVID. <laughs> shot. So it's like they'll say would, that no matter what. Would you ever have Woody Harrelson on the show? Even though he's an anti-vaxxer, would you? Of course I would. I've met I've met Woody Harrelson before, and I would have him on any time. Tried. We tried that. We we, feel, we keep trying to get him. How do you feel about his anti-vax thing on SNL? I didn't like it. I didn't like it either. I didn't but like it either. But it's not. But 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 me disagreeing with him on that. You know, I, I don't trust big pharma either. I trust the science. I don't mm-hmm. trust the businessmen behind it. And I think he and I would find a lot of common ground on that. And, uh, and I, by the way, just because I disagree with someone on something, it doesn't negate the quality of their work. I, I what, you know, Pat- what, Patricia Heaton and I agree on nothing, and I think she's one of the best sitcom actors in history and a nice Harrison, person. Is Woody Harrelson a Democrat? Woody Harrelson? I don't know if he's a Democrat or if he's green or, or where he's at. He's probably, he's probably you know, he's, he's pretty to the left. I, I don't know if he belongs to a party. The times I've hung out with him, that never came up. <laughs> I'll, call, I'll call you next week sometime. I'll let you know about the well, show. You doing okay, Jeff, sir? You, do, you doing all right? Yeah, I'll tell Jeff you said hi. I'll tell, okay. Just, tell Jeff I said give Jeff my love. Thank you. I will. Be well, Chris. Stay gold, Pony Boy. 866 Let me get one more call. 866-997-4748. John is calling from the beautiful state of Florida. John, are you okay? Is your family okay? I'm terrified. Uh... Yeah, we're doing all right down here. Okay. Some of the some of the activities that goes on, particularly on the state level of government, annoys me quite a lot. But yeah, I was just listening casually while I was driving and doing some deliveries, and I uh, heard y'all talking about the the. I assume you mean the Burmese python problem. Yes, in Florida, sir. Right. Yes, sir. I saw a news piece by uh, unrelated outlets to y'all, who I will not name, uh, where they uh, they follow these hunters. Um, who apparently make a pretty decent 
side job. I was reading about that as well. Pythons and making them into wallets and that kind of thing. And I don't know. I just figured I'd, why not give it a call and see if you knew about that. Um, yeah, but what have you heard about it? I mean, I've heard that, like, some counties have had contests. One person killed 28 of them. I, I've read that there's some people who just killed them with guns. Uh, you know, but they do have actual humane means of hunting that people are supposed to follow. I've read a little bit about it, but what can you tell me? I've heard essentially the same thing that you mentioned, those numbers where the, the high score, or if you want to call it that, was 28. The piece I watched also seemed to show them, like, actually trying to hold them down. And I don't know if it's, like, the humane way to, like, to, like put a, I don't know, they actually held them down and didn't, like, like shoot them. But I right. don't know if that's just the way they want to do it. But, um <laughs> I don't really know how you wrestle a 15-foot python. I, 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 they didn't offer that as an elective at my college. Yeah, no, they, I don't know. But they're, they're from the Everglades, so they'll do crazy things. You know what I was reading in Scientific American, the story earlier today, that there was this um, opossum named Prairie Dog. It wasn't a prairie dog, it was an opossum. And this 12-foot-long Burmese python in Key Largo squeezed it to death and swallowed the whole thing. Uh, but this possum was wearing a tracking collar because they were being studied, because the scientists are studying how mammals move across the nature reserves on Key Largo, because there are still scientists in Florida. And um, <laughs> so because of the tracking collar, they were able to find the actual 12-foot python. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm not going camping outdoors in Florida this year. I just decided that. Yeah, no. I, I worry, right I've got some friends down in Homestead who work for the, the department, um, yeah. the forestry department, Florida, mm -hmm. and they fight fires is what they do okay um, and i've been worrying about them since, since i've been watching the water tables drop but right on uh i enjoy well, the show y'all have a thank you night. sir I've got a thank you i i enjoy your governor as a fan of comedy thank you john so much and please please be safe i i love florida so much and i am just so appalled uh and completely freaked out by a 15-foot python epidemic this is what leadership is all about i am expecting to see your governor walk into the swamp with a spear and waders thank you john we have to take a quick break when we come back more of your calls there are things happening in the world <laughs> beyond pythons but wasn't it nice to not talk about alvin bragg and trump's indictment for five minutes there quick break when we come back we're joined by the great carol montgomery and more of your calls at 866-997-4748 Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This is Sirius XM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. In a very narrow win for abortion rights activists, 
a very divided Oklahoma Supreme Court just overturned a portion of the state's almost complete ban on abortion today and ruled yesterday, rather. And they ruled that women do have a right to abortion when pregnancy risks their health, not just in a medical emergency. So I hope you're grateful, ladies. The men have decided that some of you will get to live. The men have decided that uh, you do have a right to not be pregnant if your health is at risk. Otherwise, you do not have a right to not be pregnant. That's today's victory from Oklahoma. My God. This is Serious XM Progress. I'm John Fugel saying we're at 866-997-4748. So I'm so excited to bring uh, one of my favorite comedians on to talk about what's going on in the world um, and pop culture and take your calls. Carol Montgomery got her start at the legendary Catch a Rising Star in New York. She went to Hollywood, then to Las Vegas, where I first saw her blow me away on the strip. She produced... Funny Women of a Certain Age, the great Showtime special series that's featured Carol and many other great female comics like Caroline Ray, Carol Liefert, Thea Vidal, Lynn Coplitz, and many more. She's going to be doing a show this weekend, and it's a matinee show, which I really get turned by, at uh, the Union County Performing Arts Center in Rahway, New Jersey, with Kerry Louise, who is so funny, and our good friend Leanne Lord. It's going to be a matinee show on Sunday. Carol Montgomery, welcome back to SiriusXM. Thank you. I, I, I'm, I'm thrilled to be back. I'm thrilled to be back. I, I'm so excited about the matinee, John. I mean, when I told you that, I saw your eyes light up. It's Yeah, it's, well, I, first off, I, I, I love the Funny Women of a Certain Age show, and I think it's great you. you're having it at a time when people feel comfortable driving. That's really nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> Carol, some people just like comedy but don't like driving at night. I get it. Yeah. No, ser- seriously? I love doing matinees for tours. It, it's so much fun. And there's so many people who wouldn't come to a show at night for whatever reason who will come in the daytime. Right. And because, first of all, my my demographic obviously is 50 and over. That doesn't mean that young people won't go. Right. But the fact of the matter is, you know, I, I've done so many. We did a, a series of matinees down in Florida at one o'clock. It was a what they call the lunchbox matinee. And they, they got a sandwich and a soda. And then the show went on. We were on the beach at 3.30. I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. I mean, how great is it? We had nothing to do at night. We were all walking around. It was me, uh, Julia Scotty, and Leanne Lord. Like, what do we do now? But I'll tell you something. There's a there's a whole the comedy clubs. They're missing this market because we did a show at Helium in Philadelphia mm-hmm. at 4 yeah. o'clock. Packed it. You yeah. know, we're doing, a, uh, a, I think, a 6 o'clock show at the New York Comedy Club it's in Stanford. I mean... People will go out, like you just said, honestly, about driving at night. That That's a thing. That is yeah. absolutely No, it really you know? is a thing. It really is a thing. I learned this on the Sexy Liberal Tour because there's lots of folks who are very liberal and, and, and politically engaged, and they really like dirty jokes. They're filthy people. That's something that conservatives and liberals have in common. They, they, they have a love for filth. But a lot of people are, who might be seniors or might not even be seniors, they just they don't like driving at night. And so we right. would do these Sexy Liberal Tour dates, and we would sell out, and we'd say, like, hey, Steph, can we, can we add a matinee, please? Every time we added a daytime matinee, whether it was Santa Fe or Chicago, it always sold out and was always just as intense a crowd in the afternoons because they were so excited to be out drinking in the middle of the day. Absolutely. And like it was so funny because Jamie Lee Curtis was on, you know, before she got her Academy Award. She was, you know, doing so many interviews. And one of the things she said, she she was talking to a reporter and she said, you know, can do you think it's possible that Springsteen could do a matinee? Uh, could you? I mean, she started listing all these people. And I, I just started laughing because they're missing out. They really are missing out on the fact that I don't want to, you know, I don't want to stay out late. I don't. I'm in bed by, I I, I'll 
soon as I see you, I'm going to sleep. So, you know, but, but it's, it's, it's great. It's, and it's, and it's a great old theater. And, um, and I think it's going to be a really fun show. I have to ask you about the Academy Awards since you brought it up, because I, I'm going to give your show credit for uh, a really amazing evening where all four acting wins were over age 50. Uh, I just no one saw that coming. And they were all people who have been around for decades. I mean, my God, Kihoi Kwan from Indiana Jones when I was a kid. I've been in love with Michelle Yeoh since Supercop with Jackie Chan in the 90s, Brendan Fraser, early 90s, and Jamie Lee Curtis since I, I mean, since what was Halloween, 1978? These are right. actors who've been around forever and they right. finally get honored and they're doing some of the best work of their career right now. That's what I love. None of these were, hey, you stuck around long enough awards yeah. you know oh don amici you're still alive here's an oscar they're doing the best work of their lives in their 50s and 60s yeah and thank you for saying that because i i you know between the, the these uh you know the these past awards and hacks and jennifer coolidge it's like you know we we premiered in uh in march of uh, 2019 and all this stuff ca came afterwards i really do think we i'm not saying it was you know a major part of it, but I'm sure people went, wait a minute, there is a, there's, there's an audience for older people. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's like, you know, we don't have to do the TikTok videos, you know, we, right. we, we just can actually do give good entertainment, good comedy. Exactly. Right. Well, and, and I want to also thank you because just because you have performers of a certain age doesn't mean the show is not filthy. Uh, the, 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 <laughs> I, I, my God, I pity the people who think they're bringing mom or grandma to a comedy show that's suitable for her. Uh, this, <laughs> have you had walkouts at this? I mean, you guys, no. some of you do very mainstream sets. Some of you do very, you know, I mean, the specials are great, but some Not of you me. get really raunchy. I know, I no. know. Is it? Has anyone ever been flipped out? No, no, Good. because you know what? Let me tell you something about I, when we going back to the stuff we did in Florida. So, you know, I always I always like to find out what the audience's ages are. And I start with my age and I go down, you know, I go 50, 40. And when I started doing that, n nobody was under 60. So somebody in the crowd goes, go higher, go higher. And I went 70, like like half the crowd. I said 80, like a third of the crowd. There were people in their 90s and hundreds at this show. They're they're the they're the freaks. Let me tell you, they're the ones coming up. <laughs> Afterwards saying, listen, you want to give head good, you take your teeth out. That's seriously. <laughs> I'm telling you, these people are just your freaks. No, you know, I know. Uh, believe me, I listen. Someone in their someone in their their eighties. I mean, Harrison Ford is eighty. You know, you're if you're yes. eighty, the, you were partying in the seventies. If you're in your eighties, right. you probably you had access to Quaaludes at some point. I I learned exactly. this doing off Broadway theater. The senior citizens who come to the matinees are unshockable. If you're a senior citizen who goes to see a lot of off Broadway theater, you've seen every kind of. Palestinian sodomy human rights meth play that exists out there. They're unshockable, these old folks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, that is, that's also another um, illusion about older people is that we're, we're just so timid and, oh my God, don't tell me. You know, this, our generation, like you said, you know, we've been, we've, we've, you know, I might've done some drugs in my twenties, you know, maybe something a little bit. Accidentally, um, briefly for a few minutes. I understand you're a mom. Yeah, I yeah. get it. You know, I mean, I, 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 I did hang out in CBGBs. So, you know, that I did, you know, and which is one of the reasons why I think I, I was uh, immune to COVID because I went to the bathroom at CBGBs in the seventies. Uh, oh yeah, that could be it. That could be <laughs> it. <laughs> 
Hey, Carol, I, let, me, let me ask you about something. How do you approach the subject of menopause when it comes uh, to laughter and comedy? And by the way, I intensely apologize if I offended you by bringing up menopause. Uh, I'm sorry, and I will just quietly leave the room and hope that I didn't piss you off too much. Because um, well, I, think, I think menopause is a great thing to joke about, if it's okay with you, honey, if it's okay with you. Well, you know, what, what's fascinating is there's a, there's a huge movement right now. It's it's so weird to watch this. It it, it started uh, it started out online for me. Like I saw, there were a lot of different podcasts and bloggers. There's a, a podcast called Hot Flashes and Topics. Fearlessly yeah. facing fifty. Uh, you know, a, 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 let's age out loud. And I started reaching out to these women to talk about and and you know do their podcasts and talk about it. And it's become it's snowballing into like a you, now all of a sudden you know you know it's a bit it's like any minute now there'll be a Starbucks in the menopause movement. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but but people are talking about it, which I find very right. healthy as opposed to when I was a right. kid when it was just you know oh mom's crazy screaming at the, in her bedroom. I mean it's right. it's so stigmatized. And right. I talk to men all the time who want to be supportive, but they don't know how to talk about it either it's like in many ways menopause is sort of the last biological taboo we share right and 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 it's great you know i've always talked about the fact that you know according to certain uh men in this country you know i'm of no use anymore because i'm no longer yes. fertile but mm -hmm. my mouth still works just so you know okay so um but it, it's so interesting that they don't want to talk about it because really what it means is that women who basically in in the olden times, all we were around to do was to have children and serve yes. a man. So if we're, why would we talk about menopause? Because that means it, we're no longer doing what God intended us to do. Oh, you're right. So, so there was so much shame attached to it. Right. And so, but it's great now. I mean, so many people like Stacey London, Naomi Watts, they all have all these products coming out and they have these big menopause you know, like events and seminars. There'll be a Comic-Con for menopause, I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely sure. Yeah, menopause a loser is a tough ticket to get, let me tell you. Um, but I, I, what, what advice menopause. do you give uh, well-intentioned, terrified men about menopause? You know what? Okay, that's a great question because my husband's very supportive and he always wants to just, like, if I have a problem or if I'm upset, he wants to solve it. I'm like, you know, sometimes I just want to be pissed. So I think what you need to do with a woman is just go, okay, let me know what you want. Let me know yeah. what you need. Oh, okay. I understand it. Yeah, and I already also, tried that. I already tried that. But <laughs> but the other thing is move to Alaska so at least she's not so hot. <laughs> That's um, what I say. Carol, I have to ask you, you're here in New York City. You know, I had people from out of town saying, uh, hey, is everything OK there? Are you guys going to be OK with with if Trump gets indicted? You're going to be OK with the riots. I don't see our city having any riots for Donald Trump. He didn't even, he couldn't even win the Republican presidential primary in this city in, in 2016. I, I don't think people are going to be breaking shit for him this time. Uh, I think there was a bout. I'm going to say I haven't seen it, but it's near my they, I live near the dark tower, as I like to call it. Uh, yes, I think there were do. about 10, 10 or 12 people there the yeah, last time yeah. I There was so more not... reporters, more reporters yeah. than pro-Trump protesters. Here, here's, a, here's a, and you'll, you know how I feel about all this, but this is the thing that pisses me off again. When we voted for Biden, we thought this was going to be it. You know, we never have to hear from him. And this motherfucker is in the news cycles all over again. Because you know. knew he, 
when when he did that and said, oh, I'm going to be arrested on Tuesday, you knew that that was it. Okay, we're not going to talk about anything else. I didn't even know about the uh, the snakes in Florida until I heard it from you. Do you right know what on. I mean? Like, but you know, <laughs> I know. it's like, okay, we you had know a major what? climate change report from the UN this week and it got no coverage. It was all about the arrest that never came. Right, right, right. You know, which so so that that's the thing that bothers me the most is like, uh, he's back in the news cycle again. I'm you know, I'm just like I know. I know. I was in the Plaza Hotel last week, or as I call it, the Russian embassy, and I just thought, (laughs) My God, like he's still raking in the money, but he's really running. It's not a scam. Do you think that there is it do you think he'll get the nomination? No. I don't. I I don't. I I think it's gonna I don't. I well but I, I still don't I, I disagree with you that it's a that it's a scam about him running, not that he's actually running. Because in the when did he announce the Friday before? In the, yeah, in the fall. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he, no, no, I'm talking about when he announced that he was going to be arrested. I think it was this Friday. Oh yeah, this weekend. By yeah. by, by by Monday, he'd already made a million and a half in donations. Yeah, I was talking about so, last night. They 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 put out. They literally were fundraising off the fears of violence from his followers. I mean, today he went after DeSantis for all the COVID deaths in his state. Donald Trump going after you for COVID deaths. That's like Donald Trump going after you for committing adultery. I mean, I I feel like he can do it because mainstream media needs the clicks. He's so good for the ratings and it's going to be 2016 all over again. I hope not. I I hope not. I have to tell you, though, I mean, I can't stand DeSantis either, but did you see the clip where he was talking about the... Like, well, you know what, you know what, what Amanda between him and his porn star, it was like he it was such a biting little fuck you to Trump. It was really yeah. fun. Act. I misquoted yeah. it, but it was great. It was and it was I like, don't really Ooh. know how to talk about paying off a porn star to be quiet. I just think we can't be fighting each other. It's like, bitch, you right. just did it. and You didn't even have the guts to do it head on. Passive right, right. aggressive Ron DeSantis. Welcome yeah. to fire breathing Trump. Oof. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be so much fun to watch. And he, but here's another thing that Please. I noticed. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, all of a sudden, she's starting to not, I don't want to say look good, because she'll never look good, but she's dressing up. Have you noticed that? Like, oh, she's starting to, cause she start, because she wants to be his, uh, his, vice, his president. vice president. Yeah, yeah. I don't see that <laughs> happening. I, I, I just, I've become convinced by one of our guests that uh, it's going to be uh, Tim Scott from South Carolina. But you know what? If it was Marjorie Taylor Greene, I, I think she deserves to be the face of that party. I I, oh, I think she deserves it. We'll be sitting around discussing how cerebral Sarah Palin was. It'll be wonderful. Yeah, but it was like I, I it's, it's very interesting when you watch, and this is not just women, men too. Like I, I've seen this a lot, like on uh, you know, like on uh, with Star Search or uh, The Voice or America's Got Talent. You know, when they when they start, they're always like dressed like with shitty clothes, and their hair looks like crap, and and like slowly they get a little more money, and like. Oh, look, all of a sudden their hair looks nice and it's groomed and they have on a nice outfit. That's exactly what Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene is, is oh, yeah. doing. Is, but to quote Sarah Palin, you can't put, you know, you can't put lipstick on a pig. So No, it's, yeah, it's the Harpy Makeover show. Yeah, it's it's not, there's no way you can do it. No. <laughs> It'll be fun. It'll be fun watching. It'll be fun to watch. Yes, it will. Uh, Miss Carol Montgomery, how can our listeners follow you and keep up with all your doings and all of the different live and cable performances of Funny Women of a Certain Age? <laughs> Uh, uh, Carol Montgomery comic uh, is uh, Instagram. That's where I do most of my content now. I'm still on Twitter just to watch the shit fall because it's just fun <laughs> to watch. That's National Mom. I'm on Facebook. 
Funny Women of a Certain Age is streaming on Showtime as we speak. You can just Google nice. Funny Women of a Certain Age Showtime and all three specials come up. And uh, like I said, we're doing the show in, in Jersey. So any East Coasters, I'm literally taking the train. To me, this nice. is the greatest gig. It's 20 minutes. Broadway, I'm baby. Gonna at, yeah, I'm going to get there at 1, 2 o'clock. I'll be home at 4.30. I'll be in bed by 5. <laughs> That's Sunday afternoon in Rahway. Carol, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, John. I'll, I'll see you soon. we got to take a quick break. We will be right back with your calls at 866-997-4748. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I'm John Fugelsang. This is Sirius XM Progress. We're at 866-997-4748. That's 866-997-GRIT. I want to play um, Kareem Jean-Pierre earlier today offering the White House reaction to the news that uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is going to expand his heterosexual fragility law called Don't Say Gay to fuck with kids at all age levels. Do you have any reaction uh, in Florida, uh, Governor DeSantis uh, expanding the rules that forbid classroom instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity? Yeah, uh, it's wrong. It's completely, utterly uh, wrong. And uh, and we've been very crystal clear about that when it comes to the don't say gay bill uh, and other, other actions that th this governor has taken in the state of Florida. But make no mistake, this is a part of a disturbing and dangerous uh, uh, trend that we're seeing across the country of legislations that are anti-LGBTQI+, anti-trans, uh, anti uh, the community in a way that we have not seen it in some time. And so, and it's not just the LGBTQI plus community, we're talking about students, we're talking about edu educators, we're talking about uh, just individuals. And so the president has been very clear, this administration has been very clear, we will continue to fight for the dignity of, of, uh, of Americans, uh, for the dignity and respect uh, of the community, of uh, opportunity that should be given to uh, students and families uh, in Florida and across the country. So again, this is just plain wrong and we're gonna continue to speak against, speak out yeah. against it. It could be, but the fact is, weak men think you get elected by showing how cruel you can be to marginalized groups. Strong men and women, they look out for minorities. They look out for marginalized groups. Strong men and women are not threatened by transgender people living and existing in their midst. Strong men and women defend the less powerful. Shitty men, shitty politicians, shitty media figures appeal to the worst in the white majority. But you guys know this. You listen to progress. We're at 866-997-4748. We're going to be taking your calls all the way for the next hour on everything. We haven't even begun really going deep on Trump yet. Ugh. We're going to be joined shortly by our friend, comedian, and 
and primatologist Natalia Reagan. Let's go to Mark in Portland. Mark, thanks for your patience on hold. Hey, John. So um, I, I think uh, DeSantis might be posing uh, his uh, theory that the, the Python issue is actually biblical. And the Python really? was the one where, you know, he tempted Eve with the apple of knowledge from the tree of knowledge. And so I think that's what he's, he's oh. got to fight the Python, you know, because what well, you're saying, it was a it was a woke snake. It was a woke snake. Woke. That went after women. And he, even though everything bad is a woman's fault, the Bible says that it was still a woke snake that caused it. Exactly. I understand. And, uh, I think it's just, he's saying, look, you, you don't need these anti-abortion pills. What you need are pro-life savers. So he's going to be making oh. deals with all the schools oh. in Florida <laughs> to start uh, giving out pro-life savers. Oh, my. Right on. Available in then, w- vanilla flavor. Go ahead. And on a different point, it was, 21, it was 21 years ago this month, I think, that uh, Russell Crowe won Best Actor for Beautiful Mind. And now he's got this uh, this exorcist movie. If you call it a beautiful exorcism, maybe that might uh, maybe that might be an award winner. Then maybe I don't know. Mm, you're getting there. You're getting. I'd work on that one a little bit more. I like the I like the pro life savers. Um, I think it's 22 years this month since Russell Crowe won his Oscar. But, it was 2000, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe it was 2000. Anyway, uh, <laughs> great show tonight as always, and uh, I appreciate your your humor and fun. So thanks. Buddy. Thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate you. We got to take a quick break. We'll be right back with your calls. This is Progress. And welcome back. There's a deadly fungus that's resistant to most drugs, and it is spreading at an alarming rate in healthcare facilities across the country. This is according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Yes, we have 15-foot-long, 200-pound pythons making their way through Florida, and we have deadly fungi sending people to the hospital across the country. Uh, Candida auris is a type of yeast that can cause severe infection in people who have weak immune systems or use medical devices. This is coming way too close to the finale of The Last of Us. I'm getting a little uneasy. I'm going to move on with the show. Hey, you know who's joining us now? One of our favorite comedians. Natalia Reagan is an anthropologist, a primatologist. She's an actor, a writer, a terrific comic and host, a one-time dancing McNugget for a commercial. We don't talk about that. Uh, A lot of you lot might know her from her time uh, looking for Bigfoot. She's also an all-star host for Neil deGrasse Tyson's wildly popular Star Talk. And every now and then she joins our show to class the place up with another edition of Shit You Can't Say. Natalia, welcome back. Thank you. God, I always love that introduction. I feel like I, I've got a lot to live up to. And uh, I got to say, first and foremost, I always knew I was going to go out with a yeast infection. God damn it. Yeah. This <laughs> Literally. yeast it's terrifying, infection. Yeah. though. Ah, yeah. I, mean, I, I, was mean, gonna, I was going to ask you about that. Like, how scared? I don't know if you watched uh, The Last of Us, but now I, I needed one more thing to be terrified of in nature. And I've got it. It's mushrooms now and all matter of fungi. Um, but this this is the sort of thing that if uh, the Earth ever decides to get rid of us, this is how they do it, right? Yeah. I mean, one of the largest organisms, actually the largest organism in the world is a mushroom because they can actually, it you know, it spans, I can't remember exactly like how many acres, but they could communicate with one another, kind of like the cordyceps that you see in The Last of Us, how they communicate with each other. Uh, I made a, you know videos about the cordyceps and the fact that they actually do exist in our world. Uh, but good news, we actually eat cordyceps. Uh, they even make cordyceps gummies, uh, not those kind really? of gummies, unfortunately. But okay. yeah, uh, but, and cordyceps, there's over... Uh, I've talked about this last, so you can tell me to stop, but there's already uh, over 400 species within that genus, and they attack specific insects 
and can uh, take them over and actually act them like zombie insects. Uh huh. And then yeah. they, and the ants, they bust through their head and spread their spores. It's uh, you know, those are the those so, are the the fun guys of the world. It's it's uh, I mean, it's not fun. We have we haven't talked about the last of us but did they did they get the science kind of right or is it silly i mean the the whole well, it's the same conceit right that this fungus takes over and controls people like they're meat puppets and uh it's 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 pretty creepy i mean a lot of it looks like guys wearing rubber masks to be honest but i mean it's it's still a scary concept <laughs> i liked it well first of all the, as far as getting it right what they did get right uh is that cordyceps do exist and they you know do affect different organisms on this earth but they have a much cooler body temperature we are way too hot for cordyceps to take us over however uh. you know things evolve the earth is warming who knows and one thing that the cordyceps don't do to the insects is once they get inside them sprout their their spores spread them about the insect just dies right like it's not like it goes on chasing after other um you know moths or ants but with uh, i actually just did a video on clickers and the that's one of my favorite stages of yes. the last of us because these clickers use echolocation uh yes. if you remember they have the very suggestive face that looks like a mix of a lady's front butt and back butt <laughs> and uh you know like a like a ch chicken of the woods mixed with a, a vagine and uh they use echolocation <laughs> It really is something else. Uh, they use clicks to basically determine their prey, just like a bat would. I know I, by the way, I heard Bill. I heard Bill talking about bats. Oh, you did. Oh, uh, that's great. Bats... Bill told me a lot of stuff to tell you, but I'm not smart enough to retain about Play-Doh. So go on, please. Oh, I. Uh, it's delicious. I love to eat Play-Doh. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, the bats and the dolphins uh, use echolocation and the clickers do it too. So it's one of those terrifying ways that they can use basically clicking uh, out sounds. The sound waves bounce, you know, hit an object, bounce back, and that's how they can determine the distance. And humans can actually learn how to click and do this, do echolocation. Those uh, with um, that are seeing impaired uh, actually can get so good at it. There's a man that actually has learned how to mountain bike blind. I Just can't mountain clicking. bike with seeing I give my eyes can't but this guy can mountain bike and uh, he uses clicks other uh, blind folks use the click from their cane to echolocate and get around so mm. it just shows that because 80 percent of our uh, electrical activity in our brain de is devoted to eyesight to seeing and what we take in and when you don't have that that's a lot of it's like freeing exactly. up space on your phone you can devote it to other things like you know echolocating prey and then devouring it whole <laughs> Right. Wow. I, I had no idea it was so steeped in actual science. Let me let me ask everything everywhere all at once. Is it really that easy to flip over to yourself in another multiverse? I mean, what's the science behind that? It can't be as easy as that show makes it look. Oh, to flip over to another multiverse. <laughs> I'm all about it. Let's do it. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, me too. I'm in. <laughs> I'm, I'm all ready for it. I, you know, I, I love this segment uh, because, as I say every week when you come here, there's there's all these idioms that we grew up using. And we think they're fine. And we're not here to scold people, right? We're not here to cancel people. No. We're, we're, no, we're just here to say, hey, experience. you know, this is this is how language evolves. And we say eventually, hey, that, that term is problematic. Problematic eventually becomes kind of fucked up and kind of fucked up eventually becomes really outdated and bigoted. But we're 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 yeah. we're not scolding. We are we are trying to do better. Yeah, this is an opportunity for you to learn and either change or not. You know, it's up to you. And there's a lot of phrases that, I, you know, we've heard growing up that were like, oh, my God, I can't believe either I let that be said around me or I said it myself. Oh, I have a confession to make. The other night I did a podcast, uh, Gutting the Sacred Cow, uh, and I almost said Caucasian. 
And that oh. was the first word I ever did on here. And I will do it again, I, I think, shortly. It's and been a I while. struggle with that because I, you know, ever since I read Malcolm X, I don't feel comfortable saying white. Caucasian's a great word. It's got, you know, two K sounds in it. It's, it's funny. It's and got, it, it just, I don't like saying white. Rock out with your cock out. But no, it's something that you, it, it's, in, in, it's incorrect. It's actually just inaccurate. You know, the Caucasus right. Mountains are not western europeans and even the 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 phrase or the the term has changed over time you know because it did include northern indians and persians and and then when you know a northern indian man tried to say oh i i can come to the u.s they're like oh wait a minute hold on we got to redefine this term we're 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 not we made a mistake but 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 it's not it's not problematic in the way a lot of the terms you usually bring us are problematic right it's not steeped in centuries of bigotry it's just geographical ignorance isn't that fair to say no, no. The, Johannes Blumenbach, the guy who came up with Caucasian, also came up with Negroid, Mongoloid. These are terms that we, wow. mm-hmm, the red race. Yeah. So he, wow. he, and he also used it to create a hierarchy of races. So yeah, it's not just about geographic uh, inaccuracy. He also was just a schmuck and we should, well, you know, abandon it if we can. It's, it's, there's, there's better ways to describe um, I, what I'm we are. I'm going to go back to honky, I guess. I've got to go back to the seventies. I'm sorry about Just that. Thank you. Embrace it. I do. I, I embrace honkies all the time. Um, Your inner goose. I, I, well, they produced me, that, that community. I have to ask you, uh, <laughs> what is, what is this week's phrase? I'm always both excited and amused and a little bit terrified that you're going to take something away from me. Uh, what, what is, <laughs> what is the troublesome, problematic idiom of the week, Natalia? Today's word of the week. That doesn't make any sense. But the week, uh, the week's word is master bedroom. Master, master bedroom. bedroom. Okay. Yes. Now, I, I, Not I, masturbator, I these, master bedroom. Mm-hmm. I see these 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 um, realtor shows on TV. You know, they have these shows on the TV with yes. the people in the houses. And, and I've with noticed uh, they, they're saying a lot of things about uh, the primary bedroom, the primary bedroom. That's become a very common phrase. It is. Yeah, they've moved away from that. In fact, in 2020, when we first came up with this segment, this was one of the top ones on the list. And I, I just I skipped past it. We did other ones. But in 2020, the Houston uh, Realtors Group actually changed. Houston Realtors, yes. Yeah. And then I, I was disappointed because the National Association of Realtors or NAR, which are also my initials, uh, defended it and did not want to give up the name, like, you know, kind of stick in their heels and we're going to stick with it. But not only does it have connotations of, uh, you know, slavery and plantation days, uh, but also just uh, being the primary room for the for the man, you know, a master would be the man of the house. But the term actually, it didn't really come up until the you know 1920s in a Sears catalog. So it's actually a newer term, but the connotations are pretty mm, problematic. Think about it in the 1700s. This is back in the days when you had just one room if you were lucky, right? And that was for food, fucking fighting and feigning interest in your family, right? That's what (laughs) that was that room was for in the 1700s. But in the 1800s, if you were lucky, you got a little wealth, you might have each have your own bedroom, uh, but you didn't quite have a master bedroom yet. But in the 1920s, the Sears catalog offered it was a Dutch colonial house and they had, and again, Dutch colonial interesting that they okay. use master bedroom right In- oh so, okay uh, that's interesting yes yeah yeah and uh, this is a time where you know we could say oh yeah it's post slavery but is it post racism are we post racism no we're not no we're, so, we're never post racism yeah i have some alternatives for the room there's primary room there's the mm-hmm. owner's room which also is a little feels a little weird honestly i like champagne room the candy store boom candy boom store. room okay. mm-hmm, where the magic mm-hmm. happens and depression den Mm-hmm. There we go. Wow. You you covered my full spectrum. Yeah. I wanted to, you know, different moods. 
right? I know the first known use of this word was in 1925, and I know that in 1926, uh, in a Modern Homes catalog by Sears Roebuck, they had this title of the master bedroom. But, you know, it's really interesting. I always just thought it was problematic about slavery, but it's yeah. it's it's you know, also problematic in terms of gender. You're right. It's all about who is the master of the house. HGTV has said they're not going to use the term anymore, that they recognize language matters and they made the conscious decision to use more inclusive terms in our content. It seems like uh, most real estate hasn't gone along with that yet. Actually, I think a fair amount is starting to move that way. I know Zillow is moving away from that as well. So I think oh. as time goes on, it's, you know, we're, we're it's an uphill battle. I feel like there's still those people that are just holding out to, you know, that last dying gasp of, uh, is it really racism? Yes, yes, it, it is. Or misogyny. Yes. Uh, and if we call it the mistress room rather than the, the mistress bedroom, that that has a whole nother connotation right. if you know what i mean so and that's not so bad i'm not saying you know, i'm definitely not hating on sex work but you know there's there's a way to come up with a gender neutral term that you know uh makes everyone feel good and and again why why choose again i i, I this segment honestly is because i i feel especially as a white person that i recognize and i try to acknowledge my privilege that it shouldn't be up to those that are negatively affected by these words and phrases to say something like right. i'm sorry have enough on their plate. Why can't I say something and maybe talk to, you know, either my sort of microaggression grandparents or family or you straight out racist, you know, maybe extended family like, hey, hey, let's try to be better. Let's try to do better. No, I think it's and great. I, I think I think, you know, that you're right. I mean, we should have more people like you be, you know, bossy Caucasians. Oh, I just yeah. did two of them for crap. I'm so there sorry. You go. Yeah, I'm Thank so sorry. You so much. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just like, I'm just into- like Tucker Carlson, I can't keep the bigot free from coming out of my lips. I, I, I did. I did note that um, in 1995, the mm-hmm. National uh, the National Association of Realtors is citing this memo from 1995 from the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, explaining that master bedroom is not a discriminatory term and it doesn't violate fair housing laws. So this has been a problem for at least 28 years. Yeah, it's it's a pretty. I mean, like the word. Okay, I'm going to be very honest. This is embarrassing. When I got into a master's program, I actually like a dumb dumb and I do this sometimes. Again, this is why I do this because I am not perfect at all. And I posted on Facebook, I got into a master's program. When I graduate, I expect everyone to call me master. That did not go well. No, that did not go imagine. well for obvious that's reasons. For, that's but, for the role but, play like, sessions. I was, we, yeah, we I talked was about daft this, and stupid. Pardon? Yeah, we talked about the role play and how there's a time and a place for that. Exactly. Yes. My subdom life was just exposed right there. My poor mom is just like, what is the master? What is the, yeah. Uh, but even, yes, it, these are terms, even like master and slave in Python, which yeah. I know Bill brought up Pythons, not that kind of Python, a different type of Python, coming up with different terms for that. You know, wh- why not? I mean, that that has more than just, you know, one connotation, as we know, uh, in the whole BDSM co- community. But still, uh, you know, these are things that we can think about and consider, now there's, you know. There has been pushback on this, on this issue. John Legend, I don't know if you know about this, but he did a tweet one time saying, real problem. Realtors don't show black people all the properties yeah. they qualify for. Fake problem, calling the master bedroom, the master bedroom. Fix the real problem, realtors. And I agree. But in the meantime, I, I do think this is an example of just a harmless little thing. It's not a big deal. It's, I'm not yeah. going to say the PC police are out of control. You're not canceling anyone. It, it is It is a minor thing that is steeped in one of the ugliest parts of our culture. And I, I do think it's one of those things that 
gradually more and more people are going to feel creepy saying it. It'll right? follow and it. It's, it's just a small change and in, in language matters. It's a small change that you make that might make someone, I don't know, not uncomfortable. And how bad is that? You know, and for those folks that feel like, oh, it makes me feel uncomfortable or I don't like this. You know, it's like think about the people on the receiving end, end of this for the entirety of their lives. You know, it's one little tiny tweak to consider. I'm not I'm not asking anybody to change. Just do what you want. But yeah, so I think you're exactly right. Wow. Thanks. Thank you. Oh, you. We have a lot of listeners who want to weigh in. But before I do, yes, do, you, do you, have you heard about the pythons? Because I just heard about the pythons and I've been talking about it all night. What's going on uh, in Florida? So, so quick question. I know about the pythons because I talk about this quite a bit. I talk about the invasive species of pythons that are being released into the, the Everglades it's and whatnot. like you're reading my journal. Yes. Yes. I, well, I have been. I mean, released I, by sorry. people who bought them as exotic pets in the 70s. Yes with their you know waterbeds and mood rings and then let them go when they proved to be large and they've kept on breeding and breeding and now even though they're not indigenous to the region and they're spreading and they're eating all, all of the... the rodent life uh you know and affecting the entire ecosystem do you know about the irish problem of that actually the celtic during the celtic tiger so you know uh, i did a video about this saint patrick you know said to drive out the snakes uh, in Ireland, and that didn't even come out until like the I think the the 12th century, you know, and he lived way before that. But uh, there were never snakes in Ireland, first and foremost. However, during the Celtic Tiger, which was a time of economic prosperity in the 1990s, uh, it became really cool to you know show off your wealth with your uh, I guess your waterbed and your pet snake, your python, yeah, uh, your boa oh, yeah. constrictor. It's got to be big and fat. You got to have a big fat long boy. That's what they're into. And these, so what you happened? Know, you know was, the size of these? Do you know the size of the ones yes. they're finding? I mean, two hundred pounds, fifteen feet. I'm expecting yeah. to see you know to see John Boyd show up in an outrageous Latino accent any second. It's it's like the cast of Anaconda. Well, let's just put it this way: Don't go walking if you're a small, slight lady. Do not go walking alone. On the edge of the Everglades. Well, um, because one because of the alligators, you know this, and they get they. I, one got recent. One woman got took recently, right. but also, yeah, they they will come after humans or your chihuahua or yeah. cat or toddler. You know, I, my, my days of going barefoot through the swamp are over. I, I kind of feel like I, I want to see Donald Trump in all of his evil turn this on Ron DeSantis and say, you know, hey. You can't even take care of the 15-foot pythons in your home state. I mean, this would be an example of where who's local government's supposed to step up. Yeah, who's going to drive the snakes out of Florida? Well, this is what makes me sad. He's so not going to drive them out. The... He's going to offer them all on-camera jobs at Newsmax. That's actually the plan. Or he's going to put them on a plane and fly them to Massachusetts. Oh, you know that. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> he's just going to load them up. Just, just. Have you seen? There's a there's a video on Twitter of of these. I I believe they're Burmese pythons, but they are in a ceiling and the ceiling collapses and they fall to the ground and they're giant. They're giant pythons. Yes, I yeah. I vision that on top of the White House. Honestly, am, just Ron DeSantis. I am so horrified by this story all day long. I can't even tell you. Let me go to the phones because a lot of people are on hold. Sila in Texas, welcome. You're on with Natalia Reagan. <laughs> okay, that was great. Hi. By the way, Thank you. <laughs> hi. Um, I have a python story, but first I want to say bats are really freaking cool. Bats if you are have great. them around your house, bats you take uh, a little bucket, you turn it upside down, and you bang on it like a drum. Not bang, but tap on it, and you can get them to come up because it's like releases a sonar wave. Oh. Yeah. And they'll come up, and you can take video of them. Bats so, are amazing. Anyway, I will, oh, little... where do you live? 
What part of Florida? In the in the middle of nowhere. In She's Texas. in Texas. In the woods. Oh, in Texas. Um, Excuse me. In Texas, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we have them. We have them here. I'm surprised that they even stay here anymore, you know? The best video I've seen all year is someone shot a bunch of bats that were hanging upside down and just kind of moving, you know, as they as they hang, and they flipped it upside down and put the cure under it, and it looks like a black and white goth club. It's my favorite thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. You know about, the one yeah. I mean, right? Uh, the, the grossest thing, they have nurseries in, where they live in the caves, and they're little naked bats, little pink bats. It's really gross. But anyway, wow. I was calling anyway. about the python because I have a python story. Tell me. Good. Um, way back in the day, early 90s, I went out to eat dinner with somebody. We went by somebody's house to get high. And this dude had a small, young python. I'm going to say not more than four feet. So I'm like a little creeped out. But after a while, I, I went to the restroom, went to the guest uh, restroom, and there was this huge rabbit, this huge brown rabbit in there. Okay. I'm like, dude, why you have a big rabbit in your bathroom? He said, oh, well, I was going to feed it to the snake, but it's too big. And I rescued the rabbit from the <laughs> hell. And I took it to my house, and I released it into a pasture where there are other rabbits. Okay. Oh, and I hope they hit it off. I think they did. I really, that's my story anyway. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I love that. That's great. So anyway, a, yeah, people. And that's how the hantavirus don't. came to Texas. I was going to say, that's how the rabbits <laughs> took over Texas, like with, with the pythons. <laughs> yeah. Watership down right yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> Something. Anyway, that's my story. That's all. Right on, Celia. Now you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. We get the best. We really, really do. I was going to say the the thing that I, I I've written and I've talked a lot about this invasive species, this idea of these invasive species, because you would call yes. that a python yes. an invasive species. We say that with about monkeys, about mongooses. Retirees have, in Florida count, I think, as an invasive species. I, yes, they are. absolutely are. When humans came up into Europe, when the Neanderthals lived there, we were an invasive species. Uh, however, oh, ask an Indian about invasive species; they'll tell you about. Oh yeah, yeah. go go on, yeah. please. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, we have to remember that oftentimes we're the ones that brought them there in the first place, whether intentional, because we like I think, you know, I, I actually was just kind of pitching a, a show idea about invaders, you know, um, basically times that humans have tried to play God, but royally messed up, you know, because yes. sometimes like with the bats, you know, you, you bring in a species. Australia brought in cane toads to deal, I believe, with a locust problem. These giant fat bufo toads. I love toads. I don't know if you know this about me, John, but I am. a I big, didn't know this. I'm totally obsessed with the amphibians yes that was a pun and um but they brought in these toads to take care of their in you know locust problem but the problem is the toads the locusts fly the toads don't and the the toads love to get down they bang like crazy i mean like right. there there's a great movie i'll send it to you where they will try to bone clumps of mud roadkill oh, yeah I, and, I want that on my hard drive please send that to me please yes please the and they prospered but mm -hmm. now Australia has a huge cane toad problem and they're poisonous. So if your if your dog eats them, they can die. So they they cull them much like they're probably going to do with these pythons, which is really sad because it's like they didn't ask for this. So they, many examples just like, in history of just involuntary migrations of animals to different ecosystems where they can wreak havoc on ponds or forests or whatever's going on. I mean, but let's reframe it. They're not wreaking havoc. They're, they're just surviving. Right. They're, they're, it's like right. we use oh, terms like crop rating, like, oh. Yeah, inadvertently, yes. right? Like we'll use terms like crop rating and stuff like that, but it's like with, you know, monkeys that have been introduced places and it's like, well, 
I mean, when I go to Trader Joe's, am I technically crop rating? I don't know. I mean, am I, am I, I like to, I want to reframe it that way because I think it just sounds more fun. Let me go to uh, Dylan in New Mexico. Dylan, thanks for your patience on hold. Welcome. What up, John? Natalia? Hey. Hey. Hi, how are you? So, I'm good. How you doing? Good. I I was going to say, when Ron DeSantis uh, sends the snake over the snakes over there to uh, Minnesota, he better have Samuel Jackson on that plane, too. It's gonna get crazy. <laughs> Honestly, there are there are too many motherfucking snakes in this motherfucking state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be a scary a scary movie for sure. Um, hey, John, you, you didn't mention that. Uh, well, at least not that I heard that one of the uh, the great iconic uh, cumbia legends, Fito Olivares, he passed away last Friday. Oh, um, I didn't know. I'm so sorry. Cancer. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. Yeah, he. Yeah, he's he died in Houston. He died of cancer. Seventy seventy six. He's definitely a iconic um, cumbia figure. So just want to throw that out there, to all listeners. I don't know how many Hispanic listeners you have, but I'm sure you got a lot. Um, oh, I didn't even know. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Um, so I was calling about. Okay, so what do you think? Uh, in my opinion, I don't know what's going to happen with uh, when it comes to Ron DeSantis and. Trump, but I I like all these ideas that you're throwing out there that this is going to get it's just going to get um, even worse. I hope. And um, um, yeah, so yeah, it, it will. I, it, it will. I mean, look, I I think that I'm I'm less afraid of Ron DeSantis becoming president in 2024. Now I, I'm I'm afraid he's going to be president in 2028. But uh, I listen. I think this is Trump's to blow. If Trump is not kept from the nomination by external forces. He has the nomination. I, I just think the Republican Party is, they, they all want to complain about him, but they the polls keep showing he is so dominant over DeSantis. I mean, twice as much support. And I think DeSantis is just trying to play a waiting game and see if Trump has to drop out, and then he'll step in. So he's trying to avoid getting drawn into too much ugly conflict. All these Republicans hate Trump, right? They all hate him. From Mitch McConnell to Tucker Carlson, they hate him. Lindsey Graham, right? they hate him. But they need his voting base. They need his fans. So this pantomime goes on months and months later. Yeah, I agree. I, I think um, what Trump should do is he should get a, a memo out there to all the MAGA rioters and tell them to go uh, go down to Florida and take care of the snake problem. I guarantee you they can be great snake hunters with their shotguns and their spears and stuff, and they can go show Ron DeSantis how to clear Florida up. Honestly, AR-15s, AR-15s were built for snake hunting, and that's that's what the founders intended. Yeah. Where's that convoy now in all this? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to see all. Snakes. I want to see all these yeah. tough guys. I want to see all these Desantisites. I want to see all of these uh, all of these Second Amendment heroes go to Florida and take on the pythons. <laughs> yeah, let's see what kind of men they really are. Well, you guys have a good night. Thank you. Hey, thank, thank you so you, Dylan. much, Dylan. I appreciate the call. Natalia, tell us a bit about the, you know, you do these videos and I love them and I've done, I've made a lot of videos with you and you're, you're deeply talented, but, but your videos are a riot. You use animation, you comment on all kinds of stuff and your, your latest one is probably going to uh, titillate and offend all the right people. Yes, uh, I've done, well, I just did a stand-up act a couple of days ago where I talk about 
the importance of representation in science uh, from the standpoint of everyone telling me you don't look like a scientist. And mm. uh, and, and uh, usually it's because I'm not a, uh, let's see, a white um, older male with a beard. And I have to correct them and say, no, 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 I definitely have a beard coming in. It's the penis that's taking its sweet ass time. Uh, but because it, that's true, a lot of people that have been doing the science for years have been these cis hetero internalized, you know, homophobic, misogynistic men. And that's why we get headlines. Why Marie, like Curie, got two, why, why Marie Curie got two Nobels, right? Because, you know, hey, right. one woman. Oh, of yeah. course, just rolling yeah. in them. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, Rosalind uh, Franklin got totally completely left out in uh in the dark but yeah. um yeah the uh that just six months ago a surgeon finally counted the exact number of nerve endings on the on the human clitoris and it was two thousand more on average than they expected it was ten thousand two hundred and eighty one nerve fibers on the clitoris compared wow. to the measly four thousand on the human baloney pony okay and wow. i like to make out the point like and you still can't find her some of you, at least. Uh, but this is the thing is like wh whoever does the science does and brings their biases to it. And it's not just, you know, the humans. Uh, they actually speaking of pythons. This is a very snaky show. Uh, speaking of pythons, um, they also just determined an uh, all female team in Australia determined that uh, female snakes not only have one clitoris, they have two devil's doorbells. Uh, they are forked. It is a hemi clitoris. So the uh, carpet uh, matches the drapes. Oh and uh, the males have also a forked tongue, so two prong for her pleasure. But again, this is what happens. The reason why they did this research is they looked in their their their, their textbooks, and there was all this stuff, all this literature about the hemi penis of of snakes, but nary a thing about female snake genitalia. Because it's all because men writing the science cared. books, right? It's all men yeah. writing the science books. I mean, we can all joke that they couldn't find it, which is probably not a joke. But at the same time. It's yeah. probably they weren't as interested. And this is also why we have problems like with, I mean, in more of a uh, sort of a disturbing story, uh, you know, we have high, way higher more, uh, maternal mortality rates in black women because right. of uh, how doctors treat their their patients, uh, women of color. And uh, even like women uh, in clinical studies, women have not been included in clinical studies for many, many years. And so that's why there's so many different side effects that women get from medications because they've it's been uh, tested on men. So, you know, whoever does the science and whoever is like, you know, putting out the methodology is sometimes leaving out big swaths of the population and people suffer and snakes and snakes too by the way let me just say also um i'm fine with just four thousand nerve endings i don't need any more i'm doing good four, i'm really glad four thousand is all i get yeah yeah i mean you know let's just say i'm pretty sure I'm glanced, some of us have i'm glad some of us have more than that some of us have more if you know what i'm saying um, ah, oh oh yeah. oh excuse me i'm okay. sure donald trump enjoys his two thousand nerve endings if you know what i mean um <laughs> let me go to uh brian in oregon brian thanks for your patience on hey, hold you on two, you're having uh not enough fun okay um, i'm working on it <laughs> uh, got those snakes or something uh another reason not to go to florida for me it's but, a great um, state oh it's unbelievable first well for natalia's a uh, linguist thing. I think. Um, what about Moms for Liberty as a modern one? What about it? Well, it seems like it's completely. Uh, uh, to me, it's obscene that these Moms for Liberty then want to ban books, ban. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, Moms for Liberty oh. is the right. They're the American. Okay. They're the 501c3 nonprofit. Uh, that's all right wing. And, by the Koch brothers too. Yeah, I thought you were suggesting yes. a word, alternative at first, and <laughs> well, I was like, I, yeah, I thought so too. I thought my other one was yeah. I didn't just fall off the turnip truck. <laughs> I don't know if that's one. 
uh, or I was going to ask you, I guess, is that a... It's deeply there, offensive uh, to root vegetables, bad sir. connotations to that? The, no. I, the turnip truck? Is it deep? I don't, I don't know. I don't deep? think so. The turnip truck? Oh, okay. Maybe is that deeply offensive? Maybe you don't want to eat a, like a root, root uh, vegetable. But anyways. But the, I won't know, beat you over the head. Ha, ha. <laughs> 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 Sorry. And, the, the, and, and I think 2018 there was an anaconda up in Maine uh, that Rachel Maddow did a couple of stories on. Wow. During the, uh, I think Paul LePage was uh, running for re-election, and uh, I think they found the skin finally, uh, you know, shedded skin. Yeah. Wait, was it the snakes or Paul LePage's? We got to go. Thank you so much. I appreciate it because he's a reptilian thank evil you. girl. And I want to thank you, Miss Natalia Reagan. Thank you to Chris Hauselt and the great Thea Harper. And thanks, of course, to uh, Carol Montgomery all those years ago when she was on the show. This has been a blast tonight. Natalia, we'll see you next week. See you then. All right. Guys, keep it tuned to progress for all the great shows. Begin your day like I do with Zerlina. Tomorrow night on the show, Professor Corey Brettschneider, Dr. Jason Nichols, and the Minority Report with Miss Thea Harper. Thank you, guys. Peace.